Can you hear me, James? Yep. All right, perfect. How's it going? It's good, it's good. I've literally just run in through the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're in a little bit different times on than I am. <laughs> so uh, it's what, five o'clock there? Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's just lunchtime here. <laughs> oh, nice. Hanging out with the kiddos. So um, what we'll do is uh, we'll just have a conversation, talk about your music, whatever comes up, um, promote anything you got going. I know you're, we got, I've got listeners in UK. So if you got shows, you can tell them uh, this will air in a couple weeks. So I basically what I do is I take the audio and then I just uh, upload it into the garage band. I edit, do what I need to, and then we'll set it out as a podcast episode. Oh, good. Yeah. So, all right. You ready to roll? Yeah, I'm good. All right. All right, everybody. This is the Georgia Songbird, and we are here with James Reed. Uh, introduce yourself, James. How doing, guys? This is James Reed. I'm UK-based singer-songwriter. Uh, literally just a little bit rushing on, <laughs> but I'm here now. <laughs> yep. Nice this to see you, Jesse. Nice to get in touch anyway. Yep, it's nice to find to talk to you. I know this is going to be a fun interview because uh, with your accent and my accent, it's going to be funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely two ends of the scale. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. I've, um, I was looking at that you do like an open mic now, right? You started hosting open mic. Mm -hmm. So uh, tell everybody kind of what the, the music scene is like in the UK. It's just, we've got a real mixture. There's, there's literally all sorts going on. I mean, I'm based in Manchester, so... Um, Manchester's very indie, so a lot a lot of the music here is very indie, you know, Oasis, Stone Roses, that kind of stuff. So the origins of it there are still pretty strong, um, but it's really, really diversifying in so many different areas now. Um, there's lots of different artists coming through, lots of different talent coming up, but there's also a lot of movements over into jazz. We've got soul, we've got um, obviously the, the solid pop's always going to be there, but there's so many different genres popping through now as well, and a lot of new singer songwriters popping up around this area. So it's a it's a really cool time at the moment. I know um, I had a buddy of mine just got back from the UK not too long ago. He was Taylor. He's big into blues and stuff. Big. Mm -hmm. He's from Georgia, so he's uh, he was telling me he he had an amazing time out there. I mean, that that side of it as well. But there's some really cool venues opening up as well that are jazz cafes, and we've got some um, soul venues, and we've got some um, really great underground scene as well that's filtering its way up through where you, like you said, your you man there is places like Matt and Fred's and places like that where you've got that underground soul vibe, and you've got the jazz cafes rocking up on the back end of that, and it's a really, it's a right brilliant combination. And some of the artists that are coming through are blending both of those, so it's 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 a really cool time. How long have you been playing? Well, literally, I'm still I'm still a baby in this scene. <laughs> I'm still pretty new. So I mean, it, it literally 2019 okay. when I very first started, and that's 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 the first time I started singing. And it's the first time I actually recorded anything back end that's of 2019. A, so it's, uh, I'm still very new. That's a hard time too, because in 2020 hit, and all of a sudden everything's shutting down. And that's that's the thing. I mean, 2019, there was talk of all sorts and uh, quite a few people had spoken to me about what they want to do and what I was up to. And they heard a couple of the tracks that I've recorded because I literally just did a little bit and put a couple out on social media to see what happened. Mm -hmm. 
and, and from there it, it, it kind of went a bit crazy so I got lots of people asking me questions about what's this what's that where you're from what you do so um, I put something down recorded one and put that out and that was the, the first track I ever did was uh, the Adele track okay. um, and that literally it just went crazy so everyone was like who's this guy where's he from and so I was, there was loads of interest at the back end of 2019 and right at the start of 2020 everyone was talking about oh gigs here do that do this do that record producers want to speak to you this and that, that and all sorts was happening and then like you said COVID hit and it just went Oof. just killed everything stone dead are you, are you getting back into it now a little bit more yeah, I mean, it's it's like they've just opened the floodgates again because it's <laughs> everything's started to move, but it's started to move really quick. Um, a lot of gigs popping up, a lot of um, movement with recordings now as well. Back in the studio, um, working on the album. The album's getting there now. It's nearly there. Um, been invited onto three, three or four festivals now this year. I'm gonna be, the summer scene's going to be pretty big. Um, I've got lots of gigs lined up, lots of specialist nights and stuff like that, and quite a lot of local stuff as well happening. So it's all kind of snowballing again now, which is great. And you mentioned your new album, so uh, talk about that. What it's called? Feel is that the name of it? Is that what I saw? Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, um, th- this is something that we, we talked about from the start. But all of a sudden, 2019, I did a couple of covers, and then I put together an EP just off my own back to see what happened. Put five or six tracks together, and I put that out, and it got really well received. So people were asking me, oh, do you write songs? Are you a songwriter? And at that stage, the answer was no. <laughs> and it was literally during lockdown uh, that I started putting some things down on paper. And first track I wrote um, was Crashing Down. Mm-hmm. And that um, was something I just put on paper to see what kind of skill set I had, whether or not I could do writing. And we put that forward and then Come and Love Me, I wrote that one next. And before I knew it, I played a couple of those to people. What, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And they're like, wow, is this your own stuff? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh my God, get it recorded, get it recorded, put it out. And then people were like, oh, are you thinking of doing an album? Maybe you could do an album. <laughs> <laughs> so it went from not at all to what else have you got? What else have you got? What else have you got? So the first few songs that I wrote, uh, Come and Love Me, was the very first one that actually came out. And it got really well received. And it got really well received stateside as well. And, and people really liked it. So I went in and recorded Crashing Down and that time, that kind of changed everything when that one came out because everybody was like, wow, this, this, this is a lovely track. It's great, really well produced. It's really well put together. I love it. And that's kind of where people started looking at me differently. And it, it kind of changed at that point. So people were saying, right, okay, so maybe this guy is a songwriter as well. And started getting a bit more recognition. Straight onto radio play and people started noticing it. And put forward for a couple of award nominations which was unbelievable and then it really started to move forward so then the album started to gather a bit of pace so we i am going to be releasing the album uh summer i've just had a conversation today and i'm going to be releasing the album summer of this year so we're looking at um possibly august so back of july start of august uh, around the festival time which is good because i can get some gigs in at that time as well to pitch it so yeah, the album's gonna be called Feel and it is um it's gonna be 10 tracks, all originals that I wrote. Um, and they're all based on different experiences that I've had. And it's called Feel because each one of the songs will make you feel something different. Uh, they bring uh, a different set of emotions out, a, diff- a different set of um memories or things that you can associate with and pair up with. So it's gonna be quite a strong one when it does come out. 
Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I heard you sing a couple of times, like some of your songs I've heard so far. And I mean, you, you your voice is killer. The songs are, are really good too. And they're produced really well, like you were saying. And it's funny because I, I'll judge, like I put a lot of people in a countdown and I do it from, because I'm a songwriter, I play in a band, I do all that stuff. So I, I know what it's like to try to get your music out there and I want to help any way I can. And I don't care what genre, I don't care where you're from. Uh, I'm in Georgia, so it's called the Georgia Songbirds. But I always like to uh, kind of rate, I can tell by rate by my, how my wife goes because like she's very, she's a uh, military, so she's kind of very picky about what she listens to. And she's got like that. She likes pop. She likes more pop stuff. So yeah. out of everybody I've, I've only I put into the countdown, I could probably count on maybe one hand of the people that like she will go and and follow and and listen to their songs and uh, download it and stuff like that, too. And you're actually one of the five because she heard right here and she just loved that song. Well, <laughs> that's brilliant. Thanks. <laughs> she don't even listen to my songs. <laughs> <laughs> But to be fair, she hears it like a hundred times as I'm writing it and trying to figure out what I want to do with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so by the time it does come out, she's heard enough of it. Oh God, yes. Because I'm, I'm sure you do the same thing. We'll write it, and like you're trying to figure out where it goes. You got to write it. You get the you get the rough part of it. Then you want to tinker with it a little bit and figure out what you want to do. And then uh, you want to put melodies. You want to change stuff. Now, do you do you play any instruments too? Um, badly, yeah. <laughs> badly. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, with a voice like yours, man, that is an instrument. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I tinkle a little bit with um, with the keys for when I first start um, with any song. I usually start it with um, I've got a, a keyboard, mm-hmm. and I'll start with that just just standard piano keys. And I usually start with a couple of those, and that tends to be where it comes from. Okay. Um, I have got a guitar, but um, very very simple on the guitar. I can strum, I can play a couple of bits, but that's about it. Nothing major. Um, I am looking to develop on both of those, but um, it is a case of I'll start with that. I'll start with a little bit of keys or maybe a strum, and then work on that. But I do a lot of movement with the vocal, so I, I tend to use that more than anything else. Okay. So um, it's, it's it's quite a strange way of writing. People people don't understand how I do it, but. <laughs> It's um, I used I used my voice as the keys, mm. so I'll, I'll play a couple of things and I'll bring it through and then I'll, I'll use the piano keys again and then I'll I'll have a, a small riff in my head or something going on and then I'll just build and build and build on that and then I'll do vocal movement and play around with the voice and once I've got that through that's when I start overlaying it with the words and then I really put the emotion into it to then start the lifts and the drops and the carries. And that, that tends to be how it, it starts to move forward. Now, were you uh, like trained? Do you do like, voice lessons, stuff like that? No, uh, nothing. Really? So just God given talent? I've, I've never had a lesson. I've never done anything like that. I mean, I, I literally never sang until 2019. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> how old are you, James? I mean, I've, I'm, I'm over 30 now. Okay, so you're you're like well you're I'm I'm 44 about to be 45, and that's why I said my band I called it Yes Ma'am it's for middle aged men so, <laughs> <laughs> and you just 2019 that's that shows I think that it doesn't if you have talent it doesn't matter what age you are if you continue just you know it's going to shine it's always it's funny because I tell these conversations come up all the time and talent is is a big part of of what you're doing you have to have some kind of talent. And 
you also got to have the drive and you got to have a little bit of luck and you got to, you know, you got to work. So, you I mean, it's something you got to put in and it's, it goes to hand in hand. Like when you put all this work into your songs and you're playing out and you're, and you're getting people to notice, okay, it's a great song. Cause anybody plays originals, they know that it's a lot of times and they don't, they, well, all the time, they don't know your song. So something's got to catch them, whether it's the melodic cook or it's the voice or it's the actual song itself. And the thing with radio is they play it so many times, you're just bound to know what it is eventually. But when yeah. you're starting out like that and you're writing a song for somebody, you know, you, you got to catch them with something. Yeah. True to form. I mean, it's, it's usually something, let's say melodic or something, but it's got to be either repetition or it's got to be something like the, the stations here, they play everything per hour. Okay. So when any new artist that pops through, it's, it's looped. And every hour they play a set 20 or a set 30, and you, you're constantly getting it drilled into you. So even if you don't like it, you can't get away from it. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> so a lot of the stations are like that, and especially the local ones. And they, they really, really plug. And if they've got a big artist on, you'll, you'll hear it constantly until you're sick of it. Mm-hmm. And the, But like you said, if you, you, you're like me and, I'm, and you're starting up new, you've, you've got to put yourself out there, but you've got to be about as well. You've got to be in front of people. You've got to be doing the nights. You've got to be doing the gigs. You've got to be speaking to people, interviewing, liaising, and doing everything you can to actually get the word out. And when when this actually happened to me at the start, um, I wasn't. I didn't have a plan. It was just a case of a bit brutally honest with you. How this started was it was my partner. She was the one that said, "You need to do something with that." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" So she said, "Right." I've got you a studio experience for your birthday. So I was like, okay, what, what do you mean? Go down, speak to somebody who's in the game and actually spend a bit of time with them and record something and see how you feel. And that was that was literally how it started. And I, I went down and did um, a studio experience at a local studio that I'd never even thought of before. And I sang a song, wound up a little bit, nothing major. And he says, right, what do you want to sing? So he said, we're going to do a recording. So I said, uh, Adele. And he just looked at me and went, really? <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, have you done it before? I said, no. And he said, right, okay. Well, okay, fair enough. Let's let's have a go then. <laughs> he goes, I charge by the hour. <laughs> 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 so I went in the booth and um, I opened up with um, the track. That was the first one I recorded, which was the um, Adele song. And he kind of stopped what he was doing and looked through and said, okay, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Let's change a couple of things around here. Let's let's change this round, move that, and uh, let's, let's do this. And then I opened up on a couple of the big notes and he went, right, let's do this properly. Let, let's get it done. And in the space of a, a couple of bars, he changed his whole opinion. And by the time we got through the song, he just said, no, no, you, you've really got something. You need to do something with it. Mm-hmm. He said, I produce. He said, I've, I've, I do a lot of artists. He said, and you've, you've got it. You need to do something with that. And that, yeah. that's literally where it started from. Because up until then, you're just your average working guy putting around doing what you do. But, um, and as soon as I literally came out of that booth, um, my partner looked at me and she just said, told you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was it. And he said, record this. He said, put it out put it out on the socials and see what happens. He said, I guarantee you people are going to be going crazy over it. And that's how it started. And that's usually got to listen to your partner. They're usually right. 
<laughs> I'm on my I'm on my second marriage. I learned the second time around. <laughs> I, I constantly get reminded of it. By the way, <laughs> I, was like, I told you so. <laughs> you wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't for me. You're you're out there on these stages now. Remember, I told you to do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's kind of snowballed pretty quickly. To where that's, we are you, now. that's how it starts. I mean, you you that's all it takes is that one person to hear it that's going to take off. And I mean, mm-hmm. I've started I started a radio station too, and I put it in rotation. And the songs that you, I do that for anybody who sends me songs and songs that I like and I download, I put them in there too. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really glad I got to meet you now and actually talking to you. But I mean, like I said, your music, we've talked back and forth before and your music, it's, it's on the poppy side and I'm, I'm okay with poppy music. I don't care. I, I like, I like all kinds. There's only a couple like genres I may not really care for. Like I'm not big into like the, the rap heavy, heavy metal. But I can yeah. respect the the musicianship because the artists, musicians that are playing, that's that's hard. And to, like I said, with yours, it's the first thing I notice is that voice. Like I said, that "Come and Love Me" song I heard is probably my favorite of yours that, that I've heard so far. Well, oh, thank you. And like I said, I've I've kept it in in rotation, and I always. It's funny because when when I have this conversation with my wife, like I said again, she. A handful of people that she listens to there's you there's um william neesmith here in north carolina there's just a few but it's all poppy side because she loves that but it, it's the voice and the control that you have with your voice that it, it makes it unique because i always find it's funny to me i listen i have an accent you have a british accent when you sing you don't hear any of that stuff and it always amazes me how it comes out that way <laughs> it just does I can't get rid of my accent. It doesn't matter what I sing. It's going to be, if I could do rap, it's going to be country rap. It's just not coming out anything else. <laughs> little twang. Oh, a lot of twang. There's a lot of twang here. <laughs> <laughs> so we talk about produce. Who who produced it? Do you got the same producer um, now or do you have different producers? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the guy, uh, I've been with two producers. Come and Love Me was done with a producer up in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, big studio in Liverpool. Um, and he's linked with lots of record labels, etc. And that it was bizarre how that came about. But I just ended up going up there and recording, and we just hit it off on day one. So come and love me didn't actually take long. It was really organic, and it, it literally started off with a couple of strums on the guitar. And then I said, "This is the vibe I'm going for," and he got it straight away. And then that was it. So we we, we cut that pretty quickly. Um, but uh, the other producer that I work with is the guy that I did um, versions with. Mm-hmm. So the, the covers I did with this guy and then Crashing Down was the first original track I did with um, the Manchester guy. And that we, we kind of hit it off there and we kind of got a level of understanding with each other. So I then went back to him and we did um, Right Here. And I've also recorded two more tracks with him recently uh, that are going on the album as well and they're they're pretty powerful ones too um one's really emotional uh, and one's got a real big kick to it so it's a nice lively one as well okay um, so there's quite a, a mixture going on the album but um the the, the producer in manchester i'm going to be finishing off a large majority of the album with him i've got one more track to do with the liverpool studio um because we started one but didn't get to finish because of covid so i'm going to go back and do that now that's a really a soulful one but it's a it's a really nice feel to it um, it's called what you do to me and it's a, it's got a really nice flow and a really nice feel to it so we hit the vibe on that day so i said i want to keep that 
um, we'll come back and do that same track uh, and we'll hit it again after the, after the break. So I've just set a date with him. But I'm um, going back to the Manchester studio to get the, the rest of the tracks done. Um, we should be able to put most of these together for the, for the album ASAP, which is great. It's really, really big achievement for me because I've never even wrote anything original before up until recently. And I'm going to be putting out a full album, which is wow. <laughs> I was going to tell you too with an album um, I do album reviews here come back and we'll sit down and talk and the album reviews that I do is not like I don't critique it because nobody wants to hear that what I want to do is you you come on we talk about your song you tell the song we'll listen to it and tell the story I like to hear the stories behind every song yeah I think that's a really big thing for me on that side because not many people know this but um, my mum was a singer and she was uh, jazz and blues Mm mm-hmm and she had a really unique voice. And when when I first started this, the first thing she said to me is, she said, when you're going to sing, don't just sing because they want you to. Sing from the heart and sing with the feeling, but make sure you tell the story. Wow. And that was like, yeah, that's what I want to do when I, when I write a song or I put a song. I want people to feel what I'm feeling and I want them to understand where I'm coming from those emotions that I've put into that song, I want them to feel the same emotions. So I, I want them to experience it with me as opposed to just listening to something and you know, yeah, okay, yeah, fine, it's all good. I want them to go, wow, yeah, that, that struck a chord, that, that hit home with me. And that, that's what I want to do with these songs. And that's why I went with the, the, the title Feel because I want people to feel what I'm putting over. I want, I want them to actually take it on board and go, yeah, I like this stuff. This is, this is good stuff. That reminds me when I was dating um, Charlene or when I was with... Um, my guy or when I was getting married and that that's what I wanted to do hit home like that well from what I've heard so far I, I think you, you've done that I mean that's the obvious thing you can hear so that's the probably I think the best advice you might have ever got was to fill the song yeah I mean it's it's something I really I really believe massively when I listen to a wide range of music but I, I never base it on oh yeah I like that I base it on there's something in that. It's got context. It's got, it, it, there's some meat in it. There's something that actually strikes a chord with me, either makes me smile or it makes me tear up or puts a lump in my throat. Or, you know, it, it's, that's the kind of music that I like. Something that tells a story, but also something that means something. And you can always tell when a songwriter's put emotions into a song as opposed to just writing it for other people. Yeah. And I think that that's a really big one for me. Who's some of your favorite artists that made you feel that way? God, I mean, we can go right back to classics and because when, when, when I grow up, this, this is, I'd say one of the influences that has actually brought this out me a bit further on in life is because uh, I have some really strong memories of when, when I was young, my mum used to have um, a huge collection of vinyl mm-hmm. and the, the people that she used to play was everything from Billy Holiday to Marvin Gaye, um, even Barry White, right through to um, really strong artists and Ella Fitzgerald, right through to, um, the classic soulful singers, even Aretha Franklin and some of the really big names, Nina Simone. And this was my mum's era, my mum's vibe. So that kind of set, the, the because I used to listen to the stories and mm-hmm. I'd listen to what they were saying. And I'm thinking, wow, that's, that's strong stuff. I mean, that, that's, that's amazing. And when my mum would explain what the song was about, I'll tell me what the song was about. And, and it clicked and you, you understood it. I mean, I was only, I was only tiny, but it, it kind of went in. And hearing that, while you're around the house when you're when you're a kid and you can hear these songs going because it's on vinyl as well and you've got that that grainy mm-hmm. little little bit that, that, that makes you remember the song as well makes you feel it a little bit more and 
every song that she played, I, I always remember things back to it and pair things with it. Like looking at that huge radiogram that was in, that was in the that was in the living room. She said it was ancient, but I mean, huge turntable in the middle of it, and just that music blaring out with the feelings and the emotions that used to come through. And then she said, "That's how your mum sings when she's on stage. That's the kind of songs that come through." When you think of things like Billie Holiday, and, and you go all the way far. I mean, Sam Cooke. And these are some massive artists and the songs that they did were unbelievable. Sam Cooke's an amazing singer. Mm-hmm. Otis Redding, unbelievable. And, and then you look on the, the, the strength and depth that you get in a Billie Holiday song or a Nina Simone song, like Feeling Good and stuff like this. And these are the kind of things that resonated with me. So I always had that little bit of soul in my heart there growing up. And anytime I ever heard anything like that, it, it struck a chord with me. So now when I, even now I listen to a, a Marvin Gaye track, I can say, yeah, wow, that's amazing stuff. And then you pick up on other people like Adele, like Sam Smith, like uh, Rag and Bowman, and you've got the same kind of feel that's kicking through in there, and it gives you that same kind of vibe. And these are the kind of people that uh, a combination of that, I think, is where my origins built from on the music side. I mean, the, the names you dropped, they're just towns that I always love like because I, I grew up with like the Eagles and Bad Company and stuff like that and Hank Williams Jr. So oh, yeah. but the, the country and the R&B stuff is funny. It's always side by side. It's, it's the storytelling in those songs. Yeah. Like definitely, each genre definitely. has, they have different things but art, that's so much soul. Like the soul you feel it. It's a story. I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I mean some of the country stuff I've listened to and you, you, you feel the tracks because there's a story in there and there's always mm-hmm. something in there that tells a story and like you said it maps over with you with your r&b and your soul vibes very very similar on those that's because the origins of where it comes from and that the fact that how, how you strip that all the way back to the days when these songs came out and when it was done in the 50s and stuff like that and it was simple times and simple things but the songs and the music that came out of them were unbelievable because it was real things that were happening at the time and it was people's feelings and oppression and stuff like that and that, that birthed some of the most amazing songs that are still around now yeah the, the 90s country is was big on that i mean that's like i love listening to like garth brooks and uh mark chestnut uh shenandoah was one of my favorite bands and from the yeah. 80s 90s i love yeah, diamond rio i mean you can go on and on with the stories and, and those it just it coincides it's funny because when john michael montgomery was a big like troubadour he always did a lot of ballads and if it was him and then all for one, you'd hear the same song by them. And it was like, hey, but it sounds good both ways. A yeah. good song is a good song. Most definitely, yeah. I mean, as long as it's done well and mm-hmm. you get the same feel from it, it's amazing. So what I do on here too, James, is um, normally we let them play. But since you're here, what we'll do is I will play one of your songs. We'll kind of put them in between so people can hear it throughout the yeah. throughout the uh podcast so we'll do the what song you want us to play first oh okay man you can put the first one out uh, come and love me if you want yeah come and love me okay and we talk a little bit about it but tell a story behind it before i play it well come and love me i mean this is something that resonates with most people but you you can take a few different things from it the the way i wrote it was because it comes from heartache obviously but it's two people that are in the same same area. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the the pain that they've experienced, the things have gone wrong for both of them, and they're scared of getting back to getting back together and getting with somebody else. I mean, I was hurt at one point, which everybody is, but it kind of took me a long time to get past it. So the, the song here is when I, I met somebody new 
and she'd been hurt as well. So between the two of us, it was very cagey starting off and it was, I don't really want to commit to anything. I don't want to say anything. Let's just have you know, a little bit of fun for a while. Let's just have a drink. Let's just, yeah, yeah, okay. And then it, you go on a few dates and things start working out and it starts to, you start to get that old feeling again. But then it's that bit, well, do I want to open myself up to fall in love with somebody again? Or I don't want to be hurt. Do I want to do that? So the song itself is inviting that back in. So it is, come on, let, let's just try it. Let, let's try it and see what happens. If you come and love me, I'll love you back and let's try it together. So if you come take my hand and we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see where it goes. So that's where that initial lyric came from. Come take my hand and we will see, um, come and love me because that's what you're doing. You, you, you're trying it. Even though you've been hurt, you need to get past that. And she's been hurt. You need to get past that. And you can see the hurt in both the people. But we need to get into the point where we're enjoying each other again. We're, in, you know, we're having a nice time. We're enjoying life. And we're getting back together. And we're doing something special. Even though we both had horrible relationships in the past, we can do something different. So come and love me. And, and let's just see where it goes. So that that's what it was about initially. Um and that's why it has that kind of feel, a progressive feel, with the soft feel to it, because you're not really want to dive in with both feet, but you, you want to try and see if we can get to that point where you still feel something. Well, let's take I've heard it, but uh, I'll hear it again. Let's take a listen to it. I'm going to mute myself, but you should be able to hear this. Let me make sure you can hear it. Every chance this offer turns out to be a mistake or just fake, you see Feels like you just can't hold on That's when you need someone Feels like you're at the back and everyone comes first It's the same old story, same over So you just want some comfort in arms to hold you and keep you safe from home So come and love me Come and love me Oh, oh. I will be all you need Just put your faith in me Life will be better if you Imagine how we could be, oh 
fifties, you can definitely hear the the fifties vibe and stuff that you like. The fifties and sixties R and B stuff. The Sam Cooke, <laughs> the Otis Redding. It's a, it's, it's a, just listening back. This is a nice track, and it's it, it really gets across when you when you pick out on the lyrics. It really gets across what what we were just saying and what it comes from, and what we're trying to achieve from that. And it's, people are scared of falling in love, and people are scared of taking that leap, even though they've been hurt in the past. But the you've got to try and get past and you've got to try it. And if someone could put the faith in you, then yeah. maybe you can be everything they need. And and everything about it was so simple. The the rhythm, the melody, the words, the, it's just all, it was, it's, I like songs like that. You don't have to overproduce it or put so much stuff into it. It's just simple story, simple melody. It's in, it's great. That's, that's why it was said, it was dead. Like I said, really organic when we actually sat in the studio and we just went really simple started off with a guitar, started working it through. And he said, just go for it. Just go for the full song. He said, and we'll just, we'll, we'll go through with it. And as I started singing, he said, yeah, it needs to be this. It needs to be that. It needs to be this. And just started picking bits out of it. And he run the guitar along with it. And then we looked, both looked at each other at the end and went, yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. Now, do you have a team with you now? I know you said you started like 2019, but did you get like stuff on a publicist and a record company and stuff like that? Are you, you got a team around you now? It's literally just me. Just you? Wow. Okay. I, I do everything. I do a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm marketing, I'm development, I'm this, I'm that, I'm promo. <laughs> <laughs> well, then now you can give advice to people trying to do what you do because that's, that's a lot. It's, it's, just, it's a lot to take on, but, um, I, uh, like a dog with a bone when I when I set my hand man on something mm-hmm. I can't I can't leave it until it's where I want it um, so the the opportunity for putting music out there and actually making something of it uh, I grabbed it with both hands and that's why it's moved as quickly as it has from 2020 to now to the point where we're actually moving forward and putting an album out and festivals and this and that and all the rest of it I've been approached off a couple of labels and I've been approached off a a few people to jump in and do this and do that and the other. Um, but I just said, hang fire. Cause I want to do what I want to do first. I want to get things together. Mm-hmm. And then when I've actually got this album, then we'll talk because I don't want anyone to influence it. I don't want anyone to put anything in there that any ideas or anything else. I just want it to be me. So when it does come out, it is my heart, my soul, my feelings, no one's saying, no, yes, let's do this to it. Let's do that to it. Let's do a mix on this. Let's do that. No, it's just the way I want it to come out. And when, when that comes out, I can then step back and say, that's that's my achievement. That's my album. And that's my feelings. And that's me in music right there for everyone to hear. And that's why I want I wanted to keep it as it is right now. So tell people that are listening, what are some of the hard lessons you've learned doing this by yourself? Because you had to do everything. So what are some hard things you had to learn? I learned pretty quickly that it isn't pretty quickly that it isn't what everyone perceives it to be. Mm-hmm. It isn't the case of, Oh my God, I've got a song. All right. I'm famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. You wake up the next day. You're famous. It's amazing. Yeah, millions and millions of streams. Everyone loves you. No. And when I realized that obviously there's, 
there's a lot that goes into just putting a single out just for a few people to hear it. And mm-hmm. you do speak to a lot of people that turn around and say, Oh, I'd never want to be famous, or I, I don't want to do this, or I don't want to, I don't want to sell out arenas. I'm just doing this for myself. And you look at them and say, You're always so lying right now. Because there's a lot more there. <laughs> and you know full well, once you start putting something music together, there's always going to be that what if. What if the right person does it? What if the right person does see me at this concert or this gig or this? What if? Mm-hmm. How big could this be? How, how, but then you've got to understand that there are layers and layers to it. You've got to build a ground. You've got to build from the foundations and work your way up. You can't just jump in at the top and expect to sail on forward because you need to build your repertoire. You need to build a fan base. You need to get people to hear what you do. But you can only do that by starting off very small speaking to people one-to-one, going into two, three, four, five, going to the open mic nights, going to the small gigs, doing the bars, doing the pubs, and then getting your invites to the bigger stages and making sure you're ready for those bigger stages. Because once those invites come, you're going to have 1,000, 2,000 people sat there watching. And this is where you want to make sure that you shine instead of sink. So <laughs> the confidence is a real big one, I'd say. Having the confidence to actually step up on a big stage and belt out your emotions and your feelings and put, lay yourself bare to everybody there who's going to be listening. And I'd say the other big one is don't take things to heart that people say to you. Yeah. And some, some of the comments that people will make and some of the things that people will say could destroy your confidence overnight. And you potentially, you, you look right at sapling stage. So someone could destroy that and you just turn around and say, right, that's it. I'm not doing it anymore. I'll give up. That's it. I'm going back to my day job. Forget it. You've got to take on board the good and the bad and build from it. And if you, you can't grow a thick skin, then you're really going to struggle. Mm-hmm. I've always, one of the hardest things. I've always tell people that uh, once you start getting haters, then then you know you've made it. <laughs> then you're exactly. doing something right. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I, I had a conversation with somebody the other day that worked for a promotions company and, and they do have a small station and this and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they do bits and bobs, other stuff. And he turned around to me initially when I first started this and said, we'll take you on board. We'll take you under our wing. And I said, all right, okay, great. It never happened. Nothing ever came of it. And he actually messaged me last week and asked me for advice. (laughs) How have you managed to get from where you are to where you, where you were to where you are now? How has this happened? How was, I mean, what's going on? And when I just turned around and told him the basics, he said, oh, you're patronizing me now. You're talking to me like, well, this is rubbish. You, 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 you're full of it. Something must have happened in between that to get you where you are. I said, no, it's called hard work. Mm-hmm. It's Instead like building a house. You don't start exactly. with the roof. Exactly. And he just wouldn't, he wouldn't get it. He wouldn't have it. So uh, he shut the conversation down and uh, basically threw his ties out the pram. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and I said, right, fair enough, no problem then. And then the next time he, he's piping up on my socials when I, I put down that I'd, I'd got nominated and won an award, He's typing underneath, oh, well done, bro. Well done, bro. You've done great. Uh, remember where it all started, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, what? Really? <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, once people start putting comments on them and things like that, then you know you're getting noticed, um, which is great. But then, I mean, some of the other stuff that I found amazing, um, people messaging me saying, I've just proposed to my girlfriend with your song playing. Yeah. And we're now getting married and, you know, this has happened. And I had one guy messaged me and he said, the song that you put out first time ever I saw your face, he said, I was playing your music um, in <laughs> in a maternity ward for my wife. <laughs> it keeps, 
it keeps her calm. So I said, right. He said, and your song, um, first time ever I saw your face played as my son was born. He said, and I picked him up and looked at him. He said, while your song was playing, he said, and it was the most emotional moment he said I've ever had in my life. Wow. He said, your music will forever be with us. Now that's, that, that was, that was quite big for me. I think that's Things like a, that means something. Yeah. Songwriter's dream. That's, that's what you do as a songwriter. You want somebody to connect to it that way. And I'm glad it's a lovely story because I thought it was going to go a weird way for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that brings me a question then. Okay. Cause with your music, I'm sure you get this. So have you had, what's the weirdest thing somebody has said about your music? Oh, I did this to your music or whatever. Do you have any of those stories that oh, anybody told you anything right. weird? Yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've had quite a few of those popping up recently. I'm trying to dismiss as much of them as I can. But um, when people say things like, we had your Spotify up on TV and we were looking at your website and stuff like that, and I've left your picture up as my screensaver uh-huh. because I love your hands. <laughs> um, really didn't know how to answer that one. Right. But, yeah okay fair enough um another one um i'm in love with your voice i think i've got a crush on you and i like to listen to your music when i'm on my own in a dark room so i cut that conversation off there (laughs) (laughs) i guess it's a downfall of having a great voice (laughs) my my voice scares people so it's more it's too rough you wouldn't put me in a dark room with somebody I mean, there's been some amazing comments, but the, the, the weird ones seem to be coming a little bit more now. Like you said, it's getting further and, and wider. I've had a few comments of different countries as well, where I've not really been able to make out the large majority of the comments mm-hmm. when they're putting them under and they're saying things to me. But then when I Google it afterwards, I go, whoa, that's what he was saying. Okay. <laughs> I, I had to have a conversation with somebody in Italian one time. They thought I was Italian. I'm like, I'm from Georgia. I don't know what you're saying. I think, thank God for Google Translate. I can figure out what you're trying to say. But yeah, it does, it does get weird. <laughs> That's too funny. I say I like hearing stories. Like I told you when we do these, this, I do the podcast. We always talk about your music. That's what you come on for. But we're going to get down weird tangents because it's funny i mean I, we're having a conversation you're gonna tell me this i want to know about this stuff that's just hilarious <laughs> to me i had i tell you when i had i was playing at an open open mic i had like a 30 minute set and uh around town and this woman wouldn't stop looking at me and she's sitting there with her man and so he gets up and goes to the bathroom and then she's like hey come here come sit beside me i'm like hi and she goes i love your song she's sitting there crying said made me cry i said well thank you and then her, her husband comes up behind me. like, hey. I was like, how you doing? And he's like, you need to move. I'm like, what? I said, I'm a man. That's my wife. I was like, okay, then take her home. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not interested. You know, she asked me to come over. So he, he was really jealous. She didn't give me a $100 tip that night. Wow, that's good. Yep. I was like, well, okay. Bring her back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Keep her coming. Sit her out front. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh. I've just just reminded me literally one another um comment that I got there. And she said, uh, very strange cookie, this one. And she turned around and said, um, whenever your your music's playing, I need to get a mop and bucket. <laughs> I said, well, well, um, trying to swerve away from where I knew the conversation was going. I said, uh, 
oh, why do you like to play my music while you're cleaning? <laughs> she went, yeah, but not the house. <laughs> okay, and that's the end of that one. Well, you're awful dirty if you need a mop and a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what I would have said. Yeah, oh. the weird ones are coming thick and fast at the minute. Oh, I, I can imagine. I mean, like I said, you, you've got the voice that you have. I, I can totally see it because you've got one of those kind of a, like a crooner almost, but it's it's set and like the this, this like you said, the Sam Smith and the oldest ready and that type of style. And there's not that much out on the radio like that anymore. Mm, I think uh, Michael Buble and Bruno Mars, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I think that's what a lot of people do say. You've got a unique sound. And a lot of people listening to regurgitated pop, 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 all day, all day on every channel. And then they hear something different, kind of pricks their ears up, which is, I think is how it's starting to get noticed more because of that. And because I do have a little bit of the undertones of R&B kicking in there as well and the soul vibes, it appeals to lots of different people, which is great because it does move over into more than one genre, which is brilliant for people to notice the difference in it um like in that one for instance come and love me um there's a guy listening to it and he said to me oh wow you've got um you've got like that, that uh, as you drop down at the back there that that soul vibe he said with the yeah, yeah, yeah. he said you've got that oh yeah you've got the vibe in there he said ah oh, that's definitely a whiskey drinking song <laughs> Hey, any song could be a whiskey drinking song. I could drink the Joe Lane all night You don't need a song for a reason. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I could drink Goddess Tuesday. <laughs> Let's hear another uh, like one of your songs. It's, it's been noticed. <laughs> Let's hear another one of your songs, James. Which one do you want to do next? Um, Crashing Down would be good. Okay. Tell a story behind this one. Uh, this, this is probably the most, I'd say the most emotional one I've put out so far. Mm-hmm. Um, this comes from quite a dark place. I was having a really bad time during the course of this. Um, and I, I'd say lots of things went wrong, but not just over a, a long period of time in a, in a very short space of time. And it, it, it really did kick me and it, it put me out of everything. I was out, uh, out the game. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I, I couldn't follow a track anymore and I was, I was kind of lost. Um, I'd had surgery and I was recovering, but it took a, a lot longer than was expected. And during the course of this, uh, things kind of fell apart. And the girl, I nearly, nearly lost my girl over time because things were really stressful and things were really, really problematic. And one thing after another went wrong things started building, it started getting a lot heavier and it literally just felt like everything was crumbling down on top of me. And it did feel like my world was ending at that point. And um, I went to a really dark place and it, it it wasn't great. And this song was basically everything I was feeling at the time. And I was never going to release this. It was literally just like, like writing in your journal. It was that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I put it down and then it, it kind of moved into lyrics. And when I started to come around and started to see the light coming out of this a little bit, I then realized that, that this, there was something more there and other people would be, could be feeling this and other people need to hear it. So then I, all of a sudden I, I heard the song in my head. I heard how it needed to sound. I heard where it needed to go. And I said, right, I'm, I'm going to cut this one. I need, I need to put it down. 
So I structured it a little bit differently and then put it out. And I thought all the negative that happened at that time, let's let's put something into it and make it a positive. Let's see how the song turns out and let's put it out there. And it's been a very powerful one for a lot of people. And a lot of people can resonate and a lot of people can associate with it. Um, most recently, somebody spoke to me and said that they just lost a family member and Crashing Down was the go-to song. And it, it's that kind of thing that, that people are feeling from it, heavy emotion and loss and pain and issues. So although saying that it is a very strong, powerful song, it, it seems to have gone far and wide and a lot of people seem to be feeling it. So it's at this point, it is the most successful out of the songs that I've put out. It's, it's literally gone everywhere. And re people really love it, the, the, the production of it, the way it's come through, but they also love the song overall, which is, which is great because when I think back on this and the song gets played, I, I remember lots of things that I was going through at the time and lots of feelings, but it's now become something better, which, which is good for me as well. Like, like rehab in a sense. Let's take a listen to it. It's called Crashing Down. I loved you when I first laid eyes on you From friends to lovers and I can't live without you Ignore the cracks I didn't see the signs Oh yeah Thought everything was just going fine You're no longer mine And then my world came crashing down Oh yeah You left me on my own Now I have no Take. 
the other good song. Now you hear my my little girl's uh, husky in there talking. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I make sure I didn't mute you too. I've been known to do stuff like that, the trying to learn the technical side of everything. Like the stuff that I've learned is just going back and forth, is figuring it out. Because I, I don't know about you, but like when somebody gives me ins- their instructions to read, I like I look at them for a second, like okay, I can figure it out, and I just do it from there. Yeah, I do it the hard way. <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely a mom thing. It is. I was like, here, just do this. Like, no, I'm gonna figure. I don't need that. I can figure it out myself. <laughs> Don't need no instructions. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I was like, "Oh, that's such a girly way to do it." I'm a man. I don't need to do it. I remember cleaning when I moved out on my own. I was like 18. As soon as I turned 18, I moved out, and uh, I had this uh, trailer down the road, and I was cleaning it because it was an old single wide trailer that my dad swapped his gun for. This is now you know you're talking to somebody country. <laughs> so he swapped this old street sweeper that he had, and I got the trailer. So I'm outside cleaning it with oven cleaner. He's like, you better put on gloves. Like, oh, gloves are for sissies. I don't need no gloves. So I'm cleaning this whole thing with oven cleaner. By the time I was done, my skin was coming off my fingers. It hurt so bad. He said, see, now who's a sissy? <laughs> I was like, ow, okay. I'll, I'll wear gloves next time. I'm sorry I'm wrong, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that movie RoboCop, but like the guy when he gets the, all the radiation stuff poured <laughs> on him, that's what my fingers were looking like. I was like, oh my God. All dripping off. <laughs> I'm done. I, I learned my lesson. See you, Joey. See ya. My cousin was leaving. He's uh, the kid. My wife's taking the kids out. She's um, taking them to lunch and to dinner. And she was going to say hi, but she had to leave. She's like, she, she loves your music. Like my, appreciate it. I, I'll let you hear one of mine at the end after we're done recording this stuff. I, the voices are different. You've got a nice voice. I've got a decent voice, but it's growly. You know, it's it's right. Stapleton wasn't good. <laughs> oh, man, I've had, had fun doing this, James. It's, it's been really fun. I'm glad I actually got to meet you. And thank you for, for being on the show. I mean, we still got some time, but I just wanted to, to let you know. Tell everybody where they can find you, too, some some of your places where they can find you at. Yeah, I'm uh, literally everywhere now at the moment. So um, I'm on all streaming and download sites. Um, I've also now just broke over into my own website. It's, it's developing further, but we have the, the website up live, mm-hmm. which is jamesreadmusic.com. Um, I'm on all social media platforms as well. Um, so... Facebook, um, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Uh, did go on TikTok for a little while, but uh, too much to maintain. Um, so <laughs> I kind of pulled off that. I'll pick that one back up soon when I get a bit more time. But um, yeah, um, gigging all over the place at the moment. So I'm um, doing gigs left, front, center, stand, promote the new music and obviously the covers as well. Um, everyone's still enjoying the covers. So I'm doing a mixture of both, I'm doing other gigs, and I've got some nights coming up obviously locally, but um, I am hoping in the future to start breaching over and coming over and seeing you guys. Yeah, we'd um, love to have you up here. Or over here, not over down. <laughs> yeah. We'll just say over. Yeah, come on over. Come across the pond. Have a nip over. It's only five <laughs> minutes away, it's fine. But yeah, it, 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 there is talk of that because um, I've been speaking to somebody who's, who's discussing a tour. Mm-hmm. And he says, obviously, you want to be going 
around the UK. Um, we're going to do a big launch night for the album and stuff. Um, then we're going to do a, possibly a mini tour. And have you thought about going to Europe or even the States? So I said, yes and yes. He said, would you like to? I said, yes and yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know if you guys could hear this because we're talking and my, my daughter has a, a husky puppy, right? And actually they left, so you put them up. So are you going to hear talking in the background? And that's the, we're not hurting the dog, I promise. It's just the husky. He's upset. He's like, oh, yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, I can, I can hear that. <laughs> Um, told me it wasn't, wasn't, what, that wasn't one of your kids. I mean, it's, that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> no, they hollered worse than that when they get in trouble. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask you too. You, you had mentioned something about it uh, before. Your songs are they? Have you have you opened for anyone? Like you talk about open mics and playing out. Have you actually got to yeah. open for anybody yet? Um, I've done um, a couple. Nothing huge at the moment um mainly i've been pinned on quite a few uh, big tribute acts at the minute okay they seem to keep inviting me to come and open for them or do supports and stuff um so uh number one whitney houston tribute i did uh, i opened for a um there's a tina turner tribute coming up she's amazing i'm supposed I, to be opening for her um, i love tina turner the biggest um take that tribute in Europe, I'm also opening for them in a few weeks. That's a big gig as well. It's a, a really big haul. Um, um, a couple of other bods as well. I've done the George Michael tribute. I don't know how, how I ended up on this route, but um, <laughs> I'm getting the openers for these guys, and these have got real big followings as well, mm-hmm. and they're really popular. Um, and I've also been invited on a few others, which is all hush hush at the moment. Um, but uh, some quite popular people, we should say. That's have cool. invited me to possibly join if their gigs go ahead, um, mm. jumping on with them. Um, and then there's quite a few bodies that are going to be on these few festivals that I'm doing. So although I won't be opening for them, I will be alongside. Um, so there's some quite big acts and big bands there that I hope we're jumping in on. Um, so, yeah, there's quite a few. There's a hell of a lot of talk at the moment. Yes. Who's this, that, where, when, where are you going to fit? Where can we get you on which stage? Da, da, da. So there's a lot of that happening at the minute. So it's good. It's good. But um, I just keep getting random phone calls and random messages. Would you jump on the, uh, would you do this? Or could you do it? Are you available on this date? Would you mind jumping on, who's that? Where? <laughs> which part of the country? <laughs> See, it's, it's smart though, because I guess you guys got the same thing we have over here. Like a lot of cover bands or tribute bands, and I guess what you want to call them, a tribute band, uh, they seem to do the most booking. And yeah, if you can get Absolutely. on a big ones like that, it's it's crazy that you you got yourself a thirty minute, forty five minute set, and you get to jump on with their fan base. Yeah, and it's cool. which is enormous, right? Especially right. if it's a band that's no longer here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, there's some real big bands. I mean, like obviously, like you, you take that and stuff like that, and like you, obviously Tina Turner's still around, and a few of the other guys are still around, but they're not touring, they're not gigging. But this is the closest some of these people are going to get. So they're definitely they're screaming out for it. They want to get there. They still want the same feeling as the you know the boy band or this that or whoever it was. So if you're you know and you've got five thousand people in an auditorium and you get to stand up in front of those and they get to hear you, I mean that's it's a massive step mm-hmm. from you you know your two hundred people in a bar on the corner. It's, so it just a lot of opportunities popping up. But I, what I don't want to do is just go yeah 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 to everything. Right. Because it could end up on something that's more detrimental than beneficial. Yep. So 
I'm trying to pick and choose really the ones that are going to be most beneficial for all, but also the ones I could literally use as a springboard or a leapfrog with. So, yeah, I'm not doing it the silly way. Because yeah, you I probably don't, I don't wouldn't want to jump back on an ACDC tribute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Kind of swerve that one. But, uh, <laughs> I got a message with the night there doing a punk and sky and I, and I was like, okay. Um, he said, there are slots on there though. And I was like, yeah, I'm literally nowhere near where you're going. The fan base will not understand it and it's never going to work. Right. He said, yeah, right. but it's, it's a big slot and it's a massive, and it's this, this massive theatre. And I said, yeah, but it's also people that are just going to boo me off stage because they won't, I'm, I'm not headbanging and jumping around and smashing things up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, I think it was my little girl. She just told me a story of an artist that did that. They, they were getting started and they, it was like a Rage Against the Machine, uh, concert or something like that it was it was really really punk rock heavy metal stuff and the person cattle stage and they started playing their set you know and they're more folksy at the time and they mm-hmm. got booed off the stage yeah and she said that was lady gaga Oof. i said holy crap i said really i said but, but again it's fan base because lady gaga people love her she's got a, a crazy fan base Yep. I'm sure she can tell you tons of stories too about her hands and feet and whatever they weird feet want. But <laughs> the fact that it shows that it's, you know, she's talented. I mean, yeah. everybody knows she's talented, but it shows you that you got to know your fan base too. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want, like I said, and you know, you don't want to jump off of a raging Against machine or, you know, something heavy rock and then come out there, even as good as you are, they're not, they're, they're not going to want to hear that. They're not. They're not geared up for it. They're not. They're not clued out, and they just wouldn't like it. So it's pointless. Right. right. It's, like, it's like saying to somebody, you know, I know you don't like peanut butter, but just eat this sandwich because you might like the bread. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's it's not going to work, is it? It's, you're just going to bang your head against the wall. So it's, it's it's pointless doing stuff like, even though it's tempting, because they want to pay you a fee and they want to cover your costs and this, and you've got a chance to play in front of a big crowd. There's no point if the crowd aren't going to listen. Right. It's just a waste of time. Hmm. And it's going to mess with your, and if you don't have a thick enough skin yet, it's going to mess with your confidence. Exactly. And you're going to get a big knock that you don't want, and it's going to set you back, especially mm-hmm. if you've just started building up a decent bit of momentum. You're just going to get a kick, and then you're nowhere because you lose all that and you lose your oomph. And then you're thinking, I don't want to do another gig now in case I get the same problem. And then, oh, no, I'll just stay at home. Or, I don't want to release another song. People might not like it. And it, it can make you into an introvert and just destroy you. Right. And song, I think songwriters in general usually are introverts because, I mean, you're getting your story out. That's how you talk about it. You just write yeah. it down on paper and sing it or play it. And sometimes you're worried about people hearing that that aren't going to like it. So you've always got that little bit of doubt in your mind thinking, mm. do people want to hear my story? I mean, do they? Right. And then you've got the other songwriters that are trying desperately to sound like other people so people will like them. And if you're not true to yourself, then your music's going to show that and you're going to fall flat very early on. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned the festivals too. Is it just you on the festivals or do you got a band or something that goes with you? No, it's just me, Long Ranger. No, okay. Which which is going to be quite different because some of the stages are, <laughs> are sizable, put it that way. <laughs> so um, uh, I have spoke with um, a few bodies at the moment who could possibly um, jump on me as like a function band-esque, maybe James Reed and somebody else or James Reed playing with. Right. Um, so there's a few, few of those ideas flying around at the moment, but um, I've got a couple of guys that are acoustic um, that said they'd be happy to jump on. If you want to do an acoustic set, we'll come and play guitar or do this, this idea, or et cetera, et cetera, which, which can work because I did um, a live radio session 
uh, in Manchester, where I'm from, obviously. Um, I took one of the guys with me and we literally just did acoustic songs, my versions of some of the tracks I've done, but just with a guitar, stripped back version for like um, like a live lounge type scenario. And um, it worked and it sounded well and it, it, it was going out live across Manchester. Everyone heard it and they all said they liked it. But um, I'm on a stage of that size, it might not work. So it might be utilising um, the tracks that I've got and just putting them through on a decent production and having them bla- blaring out behind me as I sing up front. So don't really know 100% yet, but that might be where it's going. Now, I have a question on the festivals because this I've been trying to do that for the band. Is there like a website I don't know about for festivals <laughs> that you can do? Because it's I've, I found one for Georgia only, but I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to reach out to all the ones that Georgia has. But there's got to, if there's not, somebody, need, listen, they need to know, make a damn list for us so we can figure out a, an easy way to do it. Well, we, we have here um, something uh-huh. called the Festival Calendar. Okay. And you can get it on Facebook and that kind of stuff, and you can get on their website, and it gives you every festival in every area and every zone, dates that they're starting, et cetera, et cetera, right. who's involved. So it gives you a chance to have a look at them, see if it suits you. Mm-hmm. you know, like you're looking through and it's got like, dance festival, party festival, folk festival, this, that. And you can filter it down to the kind of genre that you're looking for. And then you can click on it and get the details and it even tells you who the organisers are and stuff. So you can just hit them up and maybe they've already got bookings, maybe they've got enough bodies in, but at least you're throwing your name in the hat. Right. I mean, the ones that, the ones that here, these that have, I wasn't planning on doing any festivals. These have actually got in touch with me. Um, So it's a case of, okay, yeah, why not? Um, one of the guys that's running a, a big festival here near me, it's a um, real, real bit of, where I live is really green. It's mm-hmm. a really open area. It's very rural. Uh, the parts just up down the road from me. And um, the guy who's running the festival there, he's, um, he does jam nights. And that's literally where we met. I went and jammed with his band, jumped on, started singing, and he played along with me and stuff. And we did a few tracks. He went, wow, you got a great voice. So thanks. We got chatting and he said, uh, I do this festival. And are you interested? And I said, do you? Thinking it was just going to be, you know, a little thing. Mm-hmm. Car park or something, you know. <laughs> parking <laughs> lot. Back of, a, back of a lorry like, yeah. <laughs> but he said, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's Welly Festival. I'm like, oh, right. He said, it's only, it's only two and a half thousand capacity. He said, and it's, it's this and it's that. But it's, it's that field there and it's this. And it's absolutely huge. <laughs> Oh, it's a little fair. Come on down. Yeah, massive <laughs> stage setup and lots of stalls and stuff and bars and everything. And it's a, it's a big setup. And I was like, but yeah. Went, oh, brilliant. I'll put you in the lineup. Then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> See, I think festivals are good for, I'd look at like for here, it's harder for bands to get, to get picked. And it's like, said so you're a tribute band and we're just not. So I know festivals are good for songwriters, but it's also good for bands if we can like throw it up real quick and get out. So that's why I always ask because I've been looking for that. And plus, if anybody asks me, I'll, oh yeah, go go to the site. But I I know that, especially here, it's pretty easy. People are pretty straightforward each other and they want to help each other out. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I like to hear because a lot of times, especially a long time ago, they would be like, oh no, I'm not telling you this or that. You know, I don't want you to take my gigs, my spots. Hmm. it's not about that everybody here is it's just more open they're they're easy going with each other they want to help for the most part and i see that's you should i mean because that's that's we're all in it i make music you make music but we do different types of music why yeah. would i not oh yeah james james is perfect for this you know i'm not i mean you're in uk so i don't know anybody sorry in the uk yet but 
<laughs> when you get down here, to, if you come to the States, I may can help you a little bit, especially yeah. here in Georgia. Yeah. But that, I, I don't ever get that. I mean, I've had this conversation before with other people is help them. I mean, that's what I started the, the countdown for. And I do the, um, the group messenger with everybody that's in the countdown because yeah. it's get to know other songwriters. You can, it's, I co-write. I don't know if you, do you write with other people? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Um, when you do it, you'll find it's a little different, but it's, it's fun and it doesn't always work. And I tell people it's like dating, you know, it may not work. You, you get there and, and then you say, okay, well, I'll try to write a song with you and let's see if it works. And you may get magic or you may get shit. It just, you never know. <laughs> so, but yeah. you tell okay, well, thank you for your time. And then you don't, you don't see them again or, oh, we're yeah. a girl song. Let's do another one. You know, that's how it works. Like you get a Nashville. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing you got to do. Just start writing. <laughs> speed dating. Right. It is. It's basically like speed dating. <laughs> And you may in turn like the, uh, what is it? The 40 year old virgin speed dating. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I'll let you play. We'll do one more song of yours, James, uh, before we wrap it up here. So what song you want to, let's do for the last one. We'll do the latest release right here. That'd be great. Right All right. Tell us, no, I'm sorry. Tell me a story. Uh, so right here is, it's that point when you're at the early stages, when you first get with someone, Everything's brand new, everything's amazing, everything is literally golden. And you just don't want to be apart from each other. Uh, one of my friends calls it the sickly stage. When <laughs> <laughs> you can't keep your hands off each other and you everyone's like, oh God, get a room, will you? Uh -huh. And it's, it's that stage when you, you're literally infatuated and you can't, you can't leave each other alone. And um, it literally is my, my girl that I'm with now. This, this is us when we, we first got together. And um, I wrote this based on the way I was feeling at the time and stuff like that. And this another one that I never I never thought was going to pop up, but I just put a few things down on paper and this is what it turned out to be. And it was, we were first together when we were we literally couldn't be without each other we on the phone every two minutes, calling. If you're not calling, you're texting. If you're not texting, and literally I'd, we'd go for a night out. We'd, we'd have some drinks, we'd have food, and then we'd be um, back at mine. And it'd be literally the morning after finding excuses not to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> you ring my boss I ring my boss you ring a boss and literally let's just stay here and, and let's just stay in bed and we literally just chilled and cuddled and spent time in bed and had music playing and laughed about the music we had on and making mistakes about what the songs were and stuff like that and it's when you have that brilliant connection where you just hit it off and everything's amazing and that's what it is and I literally turned to her one day and just said you know this is the best place in the world I just want to stay right here and that's where the song was born from. All right, let's take this to it. This bottle's getting empty. My eyes are getting tired. My time with you is precious. Okay. If I get fired I'm right where I want to be And I'm losing track of time We've been talking all night And it's daylight outside
another good one. It's got that kind of listening to headphones. It's got the almost the uh, I hear like the pops from the this the album. I can like you listen to vinyl. Yeah, that's cool. I went went for um, a lo-fi retro kick on it, which um, I wanted. I wanted to get that that feeling of just chill, just relaxing, just lay there and. There's only you two in the room and nothing else matters with the music kind of in the background. Mm-hmm. So I bounced off of two different ideas for it, um, which is why I did the, the big high vocal and the lower chilled vocal and then overlaid them. So it got that combination in there as well of the, the emotion with the higher one and then the chilled face to face. We're just talking and relaxing kind of thing with the lower vocal. But that's why right at the start, you've got that really low five bit where it's boom, boom, boom. That bit, that's where it came through. So that's that's why I went with that to give it that little bit of a vibe on there, and then brought through with the R and B kick with the drums, and uh, the bit of a change there with the riff. So yeah, <laughs> I'm running off again there, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, you can tell that to me means passion. When you when you talk about that and you get into the story and you start telling all the details that only you care about, you know. It's, it's passion because yeah. I do it too. And I, I, I love that. I, I like hearing those stories. It, to me, it's, it's cool. I want to know stuff like that because every, it's funny that the, the, everybody kind of does things different, but in the music world, it ends up basically the same. Everything you're yeah. doing is, is not, it's not new. It's just doing it that works the way that works for you. Yeah, definitely. But I'm, I'm not a lot. Go ahead. Yeah, I found that a lot. Speaking of people, it says exactly what you're saying there. Everyone, like you said, people were making songs for centuries, but everyone's got a very different way of doing it, mm-hmm. which which I find amazing as well. Right. But you still end up coming to the same end, but you've got a very different route, which is great. Right. Everybody's got to find a way to get their story in three minutes or three to four minutes. Yep. You know, definitely. Figure it out. I was going to ask you, how did how did you and your lady meet? Um, actually, outside a club. <laughs> <laughs> the classic, the classic original way, literally. Um, I was out on my birthday, very rare, but I, I go out and have a, a full on night out and I was out with a few guys and I literally, I'd got to the point where they were doing shots and I was like, woof, room spinning, I need to take five. Oof. So rather than sounding like I was bailing, I was, I'm just going to get a, a quick breath of fresh air. I'm sure I saw that girl go out there. Back in a second. So I staggered my drunken self up and uh, stepped out the stepped out the front of the club and uh, there she was. And she turned around to me and smiled and said, uh, "Having a good night." And I was like, "Yep, hey. that kind of condition." <laughs> that's that's how far gone I was. <laughs> and then we literally just started talking, and I paid her some terrible compliment, and I managed to get her attention long <laughs> enough to have a conversation. <laughs> And your shoes match there. your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it was something. It was something lame. Yeah, uh, I like your dress or something or your hair or something poor. Anyway, mm-hmm. and then I followed it up with um, some classic, amazing. What I thought at the time, amazing pickup lines. Um, yeah, it wasn't, but I made a laugh anyway, and that was it. <laughs> and uh, she took my phone off me and said. Um, this is my number. Call me if you can see it when you're sober and we'll meet up. A few days later, we met, we met, met and we, we had coffee, we had a chat and that was it. We hit off straight away. 
That's cool. And I've been with her for a good while now. See, I, I met my wife. It was funny because there's two stories. There's a story that I wrote a song about, which isn't real, but there's actual the actual stories. I tell you, the, I'll tell you the actual story, and then I tell you what I, the, how the song goes that I wrote. So the actual story is, um, I was going through a divorce. She was going through a divorce. She or she'd already had her divorce because she she's military, so she was gone for like two years, and it didn't work. So she didn't get a divorce. So she came back, and my sister worked HR for the county. So she was had to go see my sister for her uh, medis, medical stuff. She had to get everything signed because she was back from yeah. the, from the army. And she saw a family, uh, saw me with my ex-wife and my kid. And she's like, oh, that's a, that's a cool family, you know. And, and she goes, who's that? Because that's my brother. He says, because she knew what she was going through. She says, oh, are you looking to, to go out on a date or something? I'll, I'll hook you up. And so she did. She We started talking on MySpace. Tells you how this, how this long ago this was. And I'm not big on like those kind of dating sites or I, I don't know how to talk to people that way. I've always been face to face. It's just not, mm. it's just not something I'm, I was comfortable with. So I go and I talk to my mom who apparently was good at dating online. Read into that what you want to, <laughs> but she said, what you, what you, what you need to do, she says, is don't give away too much information. You know, I said, okay. So I'd give like one or two word sentences. Till we till we meet up because I didn't know what to say. Hey, hey, do what are you doing? Oh, I like music or whatever. I don't I don't even remember the conversation. My wife kept it at one time, but I don't think she can get it her MySpace account anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up meeting at a Cracker Barrel here in. I don't know if you guys got that over there in, in the UK, but it's a like a country restaurant. So we met there, and I was actually going to the lawyer to sign papers for the divorce. And so we met there and we had a couple of dates and it's funny. You said you made her laugh. Well, I took a, I took the, our first official date is I took her to a comedy club. So I let her drink hey. and let, let other people laugh, make her laugh. And I had a great time. <laughs> I, I took the cheesy way out. It's like, Oh, I don't have to make her laugh. They can make her laugh. And I get, I get all the benefits. Yes. <laughs> now the song that I wrote, the story I tell, because she, she works for the sheriff's office. So I told, I tell everybody the way we met was they brought me in handcuffs and she fell in love. <laughs> and I actually wrote a song about it called forbidden love. And that's the opening, the opening line. They brought me in handcuffs and she fell in love. Which one does she prefer? Uh, she hates when I tell the, the story about the handcuffs. She goes, no, you can't tell people that they believe it. I was like, was that bad for you or bad for me? <laughs> <laughs> i've had fun james yeah it's been great to chat to you yep so uh i got a couple questions this is this part of the uh interview that i always ask this kind of questions it's not music related so that people can get to know you a little bit better too okay. um and you're actually i usually do like one or two questions and i'll have a couple here i'll just throw off because i know we've been, we've been talking for an hour and a half and i could talk to you forever i don't care it's fun i'm having an open conversation <laughs> but you're five hours ahead of me you're like i gotta go to work jesse <laughs> <laughs> um so i always start with a question that i ask everybody what's a hidden talent Ooh, hidden talent i i draw okay yeah, I was uh, an A student in art, and uh, not many people know that. <laughs> and it is it is something, it's something that uh, I used to be really passionant about, and uh, used to love sketching and do pictures and 
very realistic drawings and yeah, I've not, not done them for a while. I've done it for a while, but yeah, it's, it's a hidden talent I tend to bring out. See, my art teacher told me never to draw again. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> I drew what I thought was awesome. I drew like the old scene, like the, the desert scene with the cow skull out yeah. in the desert. And I thought I'd done a great job. I didn't trace it. You know, I actually drew it freehand. I said, oh, it's great. I'm so proud of it. She goes, yeah, you don't need to be doing this ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I'm like, hell with you then. Put me in PE. Well, I, I, the one that got me noted, I did an A3 size, which is um, large, like big poster size mm-hmm. um, of the Michael Jackson bad cover. Do you know the way, he's, the way he is on the front of that? With oh, yeah, the leather nice. on and Yeah, and I, I did a, a drawing of that, and it was really good likeness. And my art teacher flipped over it, and she actually put it up on the wall in school mm-hmm. and put it on a, a big display and started bringing other teachers in to look at it and stuff and that's kind of where it went from that's uh, cool have you do you do you own like cover art you thought about doing your cover art um yeah i mean i've, I've done a few bits from, and thought about it but i've just kept the cover art simple at the moment <laughs> <laughs> when i'm putting the tracks out i just want to keep it uh really simple but yeah uh, but my, my my girl is amazing at taking photographs she actually did the cover for crashing down did she yeah um which is, it's a beauty spot up near us. And it's, it's amazing, gorgeous place. And she, she told me to go sit on a rock. So I sat on a rock <laughs> and she got, and she got that shot um, with the water in the background and the trees and everything else. And it was, the, the, the weather was changing on the day. So it just got the atmosphere for it. And she said, that'd be perfect for your song. That, that is a good picture. I like that. Uh, if what's the theme song of your life? Oh, <sighs> It depends. I mean, it depends from whose point of view. (laughs) I think mine might be family tradition. (laughs) Oh, um, cool. That's a tough one. Um, Right about now, Mm -hmm. I'd go with feeling good. Okay. I'd say say that's where I'm at. Um, and, And I'd say... Yeah, that, that's that's my kind of feeling and my emotion where I am at the minute. So probably would be, yeah. Okay, that leads me to question. If if somebody was to do a movie of your life, who would play you in that movie? Um, well, really atypical. I'd say Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> For bragging rights, just to say that he's done it. <laughs> I, I, th- I think mine will be Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's your uh, favorite artist? Current or past, present? Uh, what, what total. Would Current, past, present, doesn't matter. Who's your Who's your favorite? Oh. And I know there's probably have more than one, but who's the like one of your top ones? Mm. I'd say I'm, I'm for sheer undiluted talent. I'd have to go with Adele. Okay, um, that's just it. because of the brilliance of the, the songwriting and the, the voice and the control and the power and the fact that she's still pretty real person. But um, well, I'd say my, my undercard on that one would be at the moment, I'd probably say Rag and Bone Man because I really love the feel of some of the songs and some of his other stuff that um, I actually witnessed him over. I went, he went over to Mississippi and Georgia not, not long ago. Really? And he was out um, writing during a down period he's had when he was out there and he was, he was doing some stuff out there literally just sat in a room 
with two other guys and they were just jamming out on really basic stuff. He was just strumming and he was tapping on some drums and he was just doing some vocals and I was just like, whoa, that, that's raw there. And it was, it had a gospel feel to it and it had blues in there as well. And it had some classic, some really big feels. And I was just like, wow. And it kind of made me swerve back onto looking at his music and pulling everything out. And I've looked into it yeah, and I've really got into him at the moment because I like, I like the feel of some of his tracks and what he puts into them. But yeah, I mean, there's tons, there's tons, but those two at the moment, I'd say one of the strongest one would be Adele. But if I was going to go classic, I'm going to go right back to um, Sam Cooke. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you do open mics and you've been playing out. So who's some of your favorite local artists that maybe we haven't heard of? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some cracking, cracking guys and girls out there at the moment. Um, it's embarrassing to say, but I did a set the other night at a, a gig mm-hmm. and a guy followed on after me and I really liked his music, but I never got his name. It happens. <laughs> and he's shaking my hand and he's like, oh yeah, your set was amazing. I love that James. And I said, yeah, you did brilliant. And then he's like, oh, fantastic. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I walked away and I thought, I have no idea who that guy is. I really can't remember his name. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it was, it was, there's, there's definitely some, there's some great artists out at the moment who, um, who were on the circuit around here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've heard a good, a good few. Um, there's a girl called Kat who's got a very powerful voice and she's just literally been approached to go on to stage but um theater really her voice is that kind of voice you know big ooh, great really powerful voice um and there's a, a girl <coughs> that i did a set with not long ago and you've probably heard of her because she's she's big o- over there and uh, she does uh, americana music mm. and there's a girl called lizzie walsh she's got a really nice voice and she sings with um another girl and they've both done both recently just done the Americana show, really big show. And they were out in Europe and they were going stateside as well recently. Um oh my god, what's her name? It's just literally gone. <laughs> um but yeah, her guitar and the way she works and the way she plays, she sings alongside Lizzie. And I've done a couple of nights with both her girls and they've got really good voices, but really nice feel to them. Um yeah, some great stuff, but um for, for super talent local. A girl that's just literally broke, um, Laura White. She's gone from being a local singer uh, to branching off now to literally writing with massive artists in the states. Oh wow! And she she was a local singer around here, Cheshire wise, but she got a break and now she's writing and co-writing on songs with some very very big names, and um, she's doing really amazing things. And she's called Laura White. I remember when she was singing in a pub. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and the girl now is is, is co-writing with uh, people like Galantis and stuff, and it's just like, whoa, <laughs> yep, massive jump. But yeah, she's she's killing it right now. That's like Chris Stapleton out in Nashville. Everybody knew he was in Nashville, but like the world didn't know who he was until they until he got you know Tennessee whiskey and then all yep. the other song. I mean, he's he's a great singer, but everybody in Tennessee knew he was Nashville. They knew him. So yeah. uh, where's that? What are like three items on your bucket list that you want to accomplish or want to do in your lifetime? <sighs> Yeah, um, but I've done quite a lot of little things that, that I never thought I'd do, which is great. But um, I'd say right at the top of my bucket list is I'd love to play um, Glastonbury, headliner at Glastonbury. That is an ultimate right at the top there. To, to do that, you, you know you've done it. I mean, Glastonbury is the biggest, the biggest thing over it. To do that, but I would love, absolutely love to do a tour of the States. 
I'd love it. I'd love to go out there and do a, a full tour musically or just as a uh, tourist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but musically, definitely. I do want to go over to the States and it's something I've been wanting to do for the, the last few years. Um, but I would love uh, as well. Most of these are all musical. I'd love to do a, a collab um, with a one of the, the huge names that are on my my bucket list. I know people like uh, like like your Adels and your Sam Smiths and that kind of stuff. I'd love to do something all nice with one of those. That that would be unbelievable. Um, but yeah, and I do also as well want to parachute. Okay, that's on that list. Yeah, um, because I can fly. I have flown <laughs> um, small planes. And I actually did my aerobatics and, and passed my, my skill set on um, a biplane, which is something you probably didn't know. <laughs> I did not know that. See, that's why I had nobody knows this. Nobody knows this. Uh, but, they're, um, they're about to. <laughs> and um, it was something that I really enjoyed. And um, I was talking to the instructor about moving forward and maybe doing a parachute jump. And he said, yeah. He said, why? I'd want to jump out of a perfectly good plane. I have no <laughs> idea. But if that's what you want to do, then fair enough. So yeah, that, that's on my list as well. I've been, I haven't parachuted. I've been bungee jumping when I was younger and yeah. I, I took the kids to an indoor skydiving place and let them do it. When they were like five. Like my wife was, um, she was doing her thing for military cause she's military. So she was gone for like two weeks for the reserves. She might've been gone. She might've been, it might've been a year. I don't remember, but I took the kids. I said, this is why you don't let them go with me because you take them to parks and you take them to do this. I'm going to take them <laughs> indoor skydiving. We're going to go hot air balloon riding we're gonna go do mudding we're gonna do that kind of that's the kind of stuff i like to do she wants to go on all hikes the things, all the things that can kill him <laughs> all right let's go on hikes jesse i don't want to go on a hike i said let's go jump out of something <laughs> <laughs> love it love it <laughs> all right i ask you one more question before i let you go james uh what's the best advice you ever got i'd say musically or in general uh, in general, it doesn't matter. It can be music in general, whatever, whatever you want. The best piece of advice musically was what, what I told you earlier. What mm-hmm. Mum gave me about make sure that you tell the story, but make sure it's from the heart. Um, realistic. Uh, I'd say life advice. Uh, I did get some advice about um, being the kind of person you should be, and it literally, really simple, really straightforward. He just said to me, "Always be you." Okay. No matter what people say, no matter what people do, always be you. But make sure that you don't let anybody change that because there's only one you and there never will be another. Right. You go home with yourself every night. Let the world know who you are, but always stick to be true and be you. That's some some solid advice I got there. That was a a big one. And I've I've, I've always stuck to that. I've never tried to be anything I'm not, but I've always made sure that stayed true to myself. I I like that. I'm that's. It's good advice for anybody listening because, like I said, with you're going to get unsolicited advice all the time. You just are. People are going to tell you what they want you to hear, and they're going to sometimes people tell you bad advice on purpose, yes, just to just to mess with you. Yeah, definitely. So that's. I've had, I've had a few people do that one as well. Here's what you should do. You should do this. You should do that. No, that's never going to work. Right. I used to when I was younger. They said, "Oh, you can't play football because I was too skinny at the time." Okay. Well, then let me go. I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to hit, I'm going to work out. I'm going to play football. And you know what? I did it. I don't care how little I was. People say, oh, you can't sing, can't play. I had, when I was, when I was little, I had a uh, speech impediment. Right. So I had to take um, speech classes and I hated doing that, but I had to do it because my dad had a speech problem. Um, and then 
they they told him it was his tonsils and i mean they took his tonsils out this was so many years ago and it was just you know everybody has like the um what they call it the tongue tied or whatever issues they had yeah and so my dad my mom was going to school at the time because she went back to school for a little while and so I, my dad had to watch me so i would always talk he always talked around me he didn't talk around my sister but he talked around me so i ended up talking funny because i had a speech but i heard it I, I mimicked it and you know it's i grew out of it to a certain extent there's still certain words that i can't say that my wife thinks is cute when i try i'm like no <laughs> no 45 years old i don't do cute no more <laughs> But there's like pictures of like shows you how my dad watched me. There's a picture when I was probably three, maybe, maybe a little younger. I'm not sure. My sisters and is sitting there with me and we're both on the roof of a house on the porch side. So it's not quite, he's there doing uh, roof work and we're sitting on the on top of a roof and I'm probably, like I said, three years old, maybe four right in that time period. So that's how I grew up. So I, it's no wonder I love to go jumping out of things. Yeah. <laughs> Instill the fear early. <laughs> now, I my last thing I did, and I'll tell you that because I, I love doing stunts, and I'm, I've gotten too old now because my body won't do it. So, I was, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a stunt man. Well, my wife here, I had the kids, and I'd let them climb a ladder, and then they'd jump into the pool from the ladder. I'd hear the ladder so yeah. they wouldn't get it. Well, I said, like, ah, I can do that. I'm gonna jump from the 16 foot ladder to the trampoline. I'm gonna make it. <laughs> I'm going to do, you're already laughing. You know where this is going. <laughs> so I was like, God, I just got to land on my back. I know how to tuck. So I don't hit my head. Well, I, I jumped and I couldn't twist fast enough. And I landed on my side and I almost knocked myself out. <laughs> I got a concussion from it. My wife says, you're an idiot. Do not do that anymore. <laughs> you're too old for that shit. That's brilliant. <laughs> so that was the last time I did anything that stupid. <laughs> Oh, I want to thank you again, James, for coming on this. I've I've had a really fun time. I guess I could talk to you for another hour or two and we could about everything. That's been great. It's been great chatting to you. It's been a brilliant interview. Lovely. So tell everybody one more time where they can find you. And I'm going to let you hear me because we were talking earlier about uh, your, because everybody knows you got a great voice. You know, there's it's, it's different. I'm going to let you hear mine. I, like I said, it's Stapleton if you, if you wasn't good. But tell everybody where they can find you. <laughs> So, um, website is uh, jamesreadmusic.com. Um, all of the uh, socials, um, Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram is jreadmusic or jamesreadmusic. I'm on all download and streaming sites. And I'm also opening a shop soon that's going to be tagged onto the website and the Facebook page where you can get all my products directly because I'm just about to bring out a merch line as well. Um, tops, hoodies, T-shirts, um, sweat tops, everything like that cups mugs a lot so um that's going to be coming soon as well we attached so there's there's lots happening and the album will be out in summer which is going to be an exciting time um so that's also going to be attached to various other sites like Bandcamp as well and every other site that i'm linked in with which would be amazing and actually this this will be out in a couple of weeks so but yeah definitely come back with the album review we'll sit down and we'll talk about the songs and listen to them kind of like we did with a few years here yeah except the review amazing be just your album so we'll see a talk you know and you, and you tell me the story behind each song and then we'll play them yeah perfect and your your songs are on rotation like st i started the radio station i think it's because i went with live 365 because because they pay the pros so yeah i think it's good in uk i think they paid uk's uh so if they did it would it would play so uh the rate your songs are in rotation 
if it'll play out there for in the radio station. I'm eventually make it bigger than what it is, but I just started it right now. It's all random. So you're gonna right. I wanted to put all the artists that send me stuff plus uh some of the um the bigger hits. Like there's like maybe a uh Huey Lewis song on there, there's Randy Travis. Yeah. Um, there's I think I got Stapleton on there too. So I I put a mix because I know when you play songwriters over and over and these people don't hear hear these songs, they kind of get bored with them. Yeah, people you need a fish hook halfway through, don't you? Right. So I was like, let's do, let's put this where I, I tell by, I said, I'll give you a 10 minute challenge. Listen for 10 minutes. I guarantee you, you're going to find something you like. All right, again, I want to thank you and James for coming on. I know you're, you're five hours ahead of me, so you probably got your dinner and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to go grab me some lunch. <laughs> oh, nice. So again, thank you for coming on. And That's been brilliant. Be, really appreciate it. No, my pleasure. Chatting to you as well. Also, I really appreciate the other stuff that you're doing too with with the chats and the songbirds and just everything's fantastic. I really appreciate support and everything you've done. Thank you. Yeah, I I, I understand. I do it too. So I want to get everybody as much. And it, I like meeting new people and to hear hear different ones. Like I get a lot of people from Canada and the UK, and I'm starting to get more from Norway. So it surprises me that the reach that they had it shouldn't though because I mean music is is worldwide it's just something that everybody can relate to so send me any yeah. more songs you got that you may put on the countdown when the ep comes out say, come on we'll put i'll put them in there and i'll put them in rotation on the station too because it's they're great music it's great music i haven't heard anything from yours i don't like amazing thank you so much not a problem all right everybody this is the georgia songbirds and that was james reed uh from the uk thank you james thank you very much speak to you soon see you